lawlessness approach of the President of the United States. When do we say enough is enough and we have to hold him accountable? And the way we do that is through impeachment. That's my question. When is enough is enough for the Democrats? When are they going to actually move? When does Nancy Pelosi have no choice? We're going to talk to a Washington Post reporter coming up in about 10, 15 minutes about that. I think she's probably making that calculation herself, Nancy, on when do I have no choice? Right. When do I have to go? Yeah, well. Um, So that's on the way, and we'll get back into that. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I just find it very odd that given the vagueness of the current big story, Anybody's calling for anything to happen prior to the facts coming out. So we have, um, uh, you know, a race going on. People that want to uh, run against Donald Trump, assuming he's still president. Why would they want to do that? And uh, we got some info on that in just a second. But I found this interesting, this article in the Washington Examiner over the weekend. 2020 Democrats rushed to claim Michael Brown was murdered in Ferguson, despite an absence of evidence that that's true. Now, even more candidates, all your top tier candidates, I don't know if B- B- Biden has made a comment on this, but all the other candidates have referred to his murder regularly. Wow. Uh, former Housing and Urban Development Secretary Julian Castro has become the fourth Democratic presidential candidate to claim that Michael Brown, a young black man, was murdered by a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri, more than five years ago and paid no price for it. That claim has been debunked, or it was investigated thoroughly by Obama's White House. His Justice Department. His Justice yeah. Department. Mm-hmm. And uh, and his his own guy, Eric Holder. And they, they, they spent a lot of time on this and, and determined that that's not what happened. The Justice Department released an 86-page, again, Obama's Justice Department released an 86-page report that included 40 witness statements, all kinds of evidence gathered. There's no credible evidence that Wilson was willfully shot that Wilson willfully shot Brown as he was attempting surrender or that his hands were in the air. Mm-hmm. That's just not known to be true. Nobody's been able to prove that to be true. Kamala Harris said Michael Brown's murder forever changed Ferguson in America. Just stated it as being a murder. A murder. Uh, Elizabeth Warren said five <coughs> years ago, Michael Brown was murdered by a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. Michael was unarmed and had his hands in the air, yet was shot six times. You know, given the potential, not the potential, the actual uh, power of this to divide people and make us hate each other, that is an incredibly, incredibly cynical and selfish game to play. That's why I continue to say that, um, and a lot of smart people believe, no, no, when Trump's out of office, we'll go back to more or less to where we were before. Not a chance. We're not going back there. When we have leading presidential candidates willing to call something a murder to 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 uh, to drive whites and blacks apart, right? To keep the black people angry, we've got to keep them angry and in their pen, all voting the same. You think that's going to end if Trump's out of office? Mm. I can't believe that that that's something a, a candidate would have to answer for if they're actually the nominee, Elizabeth Warren. Oh yeah, Some, I'd love to see I, that on the debate stage. I would think so. Yeah. What evidence do you happen. have that a, a white police officer murdered a, an unarmed black man? He can't go around saying that. Yeah. I mean, you're going to cause violence to happen saying that. They don't care. They don't care. That's amazing to me. Four now, and Tom Steyer's the fourth. Uh, I retweeted an article actually several days ago from the liberal slate by the liberal William Salatan. The headline is. Democratic candidates are misrepresenting Michael Brown's death. Calling it a murder betrays the cause they hope to advance. 
And he blasts them. Well, and and, he usually, and it's good. That's some real intellectual honesty, and I salute Slate for running it. And I'm as, surprised. And as usual, it's like fake rape, fake racism, any of that stuff. You do damage to the real stuff, and that if a white police officer does shoot an unarmed black man, a lot of people are less likely to believe it, because you're out there obviously making crap up right. about this one. Right. Which is really troubling. Uh, they mention that there is a history of discrimination in Ferguson. True. Um, there was controversy over the military gear and excessive force the uh, the cops used to quell the uprising. Uh, that's well, yeah, there was uh, a controversy. True. Um, there is also a question of over policing and over fining in Ferguson. Really interesting libertarian stuff. Totally undiscussed. But then he says, but at the core of the story, there was a problem. The original account of Brown's death that he had been shot in the back or while raising his hands in surrender was false. The shooting was thoroughly investigated, first by a grand jury, then by the Obama Justice Department. The investigations found that Brown assaulted Officer Wilson, tried to grab his gun, and was shot dead while advancing toward Wilson again. Hands up, don't shoot, never happen. And I feel Correct. like I'm going to be telling my kids that when they're like 20, and they're going to bring that up. I'm going to say, you know, that never happened. And they'll, they'll think you're a crazy old coot right, because right. their teachers told them, all of their teachers, that it did. But at least some people are responding to that. Uh, but, yeah, that is how cynical politicians are. You can't be cynical enough about your saviors in politics. A uh, quick uh, look at the NBC News Wall Street Journal survey that came out yesterday that a lot of people were talking about. Um, some of the numbers that were a little less discussed, the uh, the, the, the president's approval rating, 45%. It's <clears throat> right in that band he's been in. It's a really extraordinary, his entire term. Uh, 45 approve, 53 disapprove. <clears throat> um, it, it, what's interesting to me is that they get into, do you like him personally and approve most policies? Like personally, but disapprove of many policies? That's a very low number. Don't like personally, but approve of most of his policies. That's the crowd that a lot of us are uncomfortable with the president in a lot of ways. But he's better than the alternative. And that's uh, 19%. We'll call it 20%. Um, of the total registered voter populace, that's incredibly significant. That's a big number. So the, the total uh, approves, as I said, are, well, they ask it a little differently. But don't like personally disapprove many policies. That's virtually everybody on the disapproved side. Bad policies, bad guy, 50%. And it's just under 50%, the various shades of support, mm-hmm. um, which I found kind of interesting. I'm not sure what it means um, for the election, but the election's a long time from now. Uh, some of the... Clinton and Obama were reelected with the same approval rating Yeah, at yeah. this point. Uh, then we get into, uh, how do you like uh, the uh, DACA people? Um, how do you like forgiving student loan debt? free tuition, uh, all sorts of different issue stuff, which we'll get to a little bit later on. We have an esteemed guest to chat with about uh, Nancy's uh, tough position, Nancy Pelosi re-impeachment right now. As she told CNN, I think this morning, it's going to be an interesting week. I would Mm. say so as you try to hold off impeachment because you think it's a bad idea. We'll talk to a Washington Post reporter about that next. Armstrong and Getty. The 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So here's uh, a development in my opinion. I'm watching some MSNBC yesterday. I'm watching uh, Chris Matthews Hardball. And he's talking about how uh, he didn't use Nancy Pelosi's name, but he was talking about leadership in the House. So you know who he's talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, care more about elections than they do about, you know, the country. And put up a phone number at the end of the show to call your congressperson to say you want President Trump impeached. Wow. So uh, a, a cable channel that's very favorable to the Democrats is is saying, look, you're being you're being unpatriotic at this point by not moving on impeachment. Here's the phone number. Call your congressperson. Wow. I, I, I don't know how pushed Nancy Pelosi feels, but she's got to be feeling it. Mike DeBonis covers the House of Representatives for the Washington Post and knows the uh, maneuverings as well as anybody around. And Mike joins us now. How are you, sir? Hey, great. Thanks for having me. So the pressure is clearly building. Will Nancy, who clearly believes impeachment would be a bad move for Democrats, will she hold out indefinitely, Mike, or when does she tip? Uh, I think you could see her tip very, very quickly. Uh, I think we've just been feeling... The Earth move, uh, politically speaking, really in the last 24, 48 hours. Uh, really, the the key moment last night was when you had uh, seven of the uh, so-called national security Democrats. These are Democrats, you know, House Democrats with backgrounds in the military or intelligence, uh, foreign service, who uh, have sort of been, you know, in that centrist moderate wing of the caucus. They won Republican seats last year, and they've been very careful about the whole impeachment conversation. They came out in an op-ed in our newspaper to say, uh, you know, if if Trump told Ukraine to look at Joe Biden, that's impeachable, and we need to to do something about it. That's a big shift for them. Do you think for Nancy it's a number of people, like at a certain number she feels like she's got to go with impeachment? Or is it a, the, the certain people, like you just mentioned, national security Democrats, like is there a key person that if they change their mind, that's going to be enough? I think she has a, an intuitive sense of where the caucus is at. And there are certain people whose positions are going to matter more than others. And in this case, it is people like these these moderate freshmen uh, who really have the ability to change her thinking on this. Wow. Is there a number in her mind? Like, do, do I need, you know, you know, if I get to 200, is it going to change my thinking? Uh, I don't think there's a specific number, but n- numbers do matter. She she would need 218 votes to impeach the president. She would need 218 votes to do anything. So that, that number is always going to matter. But in terms of advancing the process, I think it's just going to be uh, a more of a gut sense on her part of, uh, you know, how to proceed with this. Mike, instead of asking a question, I'm going to make a statement. Feel free to respond to it however you think is appropriate. Um, It's my perception that given how vague the accusation is at this point, the Wall Street Journal has reported that there was no quid pro quo that the president demanded um, from the Ukrainians. So if this turns out to be more or less nothing, Biden came up, they had a laugh, it went away, the Democrats are going to look like jackasses. It's going to be the Russian uh, collusion part due. And if it's a wobbler, if he says, feel free to investigate Biden, you investigate whatever you want. Um, I mean, that's just not going to get impeachment done. And that's going to do nothing but galvanize Republicans. 
Uh, I think that uh, you make some good points there. I think that there is a sense among these Democrats who are coming around right now that this particular issue with the president on the phone with a foreign leader urging him to investigate his political rival, which the president has all but admitted. And then, you know, this morning at the the U.N., he uh, connected it to the issue of the foreign aid. Um, I I think there's a sense among those moderate Democrats and others that that this is going to be a lot easier for the public to get their arms around than the whole Russia collusion thing, which was just simpler to understand. Right. It's simple to understand, and it's it's not tied up in this issue of obstruction. Um, and the, I think the, the obstruction argument was a hard sell for a lot of uh, Democratic members because it's not the actual act of collusion that you're talking about. It's him taking actions to, to obstruct the investigation of that collusion. And when you don't really have any underlying collusion to talk about, I think there was just a sense of, what, like, how are we really going to sell this to to the public i think that's all there's a sense that this is going to be a lot easier to to understand and and take a stand and make a case about than the 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 stuff that that the Mueller that the Mueller investigation looked at and that uh adam schiff has been talking about for months and months and months there's a sense that this is different God, if I was the Democrats, I'd get a different face on it than Adam Schiff. But that's just me, just for 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 staging. Um, Mike DeBonis covers the House of Representatives for the Washington Post. They're having a meeting today. How how quickly do you think this could move? Like, do you think Nancy Pelosi could come out today and say it's time? I think the 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 real moment is going to be Thursday. You have the acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire set to testify before the House Intelligence Committee, and if he's not coming forth with the answers they want and and the answer they want is basically I'm going to hand over this whistleblower complaint I think then things come to a head very quickly Uh, I think that uh, there, there is a, likely, almost certain to be some sort of vote this week. It's probably, it's not going to be an impeachment vote, but it may be something that would set the stage for an impeachment, or uh, impeachment investigation vote ne- uh, next month. Uh, the House is, is set to be out for two weeks, starting on Friday, so um, it's going to be a very interesting period here. Wow, got to get it done before vacation. Mike DeBonis of the Washington Post. Mike, uh, thanks very much for the wisdom. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Well done. Thanks. Uh, okay. Well, okay. First serious. If these accusations are true. The first serious discussion I feel like we've had of impeachment actually happening. Now, it was just last week, it was Politico that was reporting that behind closed doors, Nancy really was lecturing uh, and, and talking about Nadler being off the reservation and, you know, working this impeachment and he said and she actually said and you can leak this if you want to i mean she was she was mad yeah um but you know that was before this whole ukraine phone call thing happened. boy you're right about Schiff, though man he has no credibility although you know that's funny i was just looking at some of my uh musician uh musicians i admire on twitter and they still act as if Adam Schiff is the righteous defender of all that is good and true. Well, that's it. Got the smallest, thinnest neck I've ever seen. And then they never mention his neck. Here's the question: Does do do? Well, Nancy makes the ultimate call. You said do do. Gerald Ford became president, but he was Speaker of the House, and he said, and it is still true today. An impeachable offense is whatever a majority of the House of Representatives says it is. Right. Period. It's a political thing. Right. It's not 
you know, it's any, it's a political thing. Could right. be anything. If you got, if you got an, uh, a majority of them to vote for picking your nose in public is an impeachable offense, then it is. Mm, and it is. Uh, <laughs> but, um, what I wonder is Nancy, does, is she just trying to satisfy Democrats, satisfy the MSNBC crowd that now thinks she's being unpatriotic? Or is she actually going to try to win the thing? If you're trying to win the thing, you got to get Schiff off of there. If you're actually trying to bring over other people that you don't already have on board, mm-hmm. you're trying to get to, you know, maybe some Trump supporters and some of uh, the rest of America, some of the wobbler voters out there, then you got to get Schiff's face off. If all you're trying to do is satisfy your your side, well, then Schiff's fine. Like you said, that side thinks he's a hero. Schiff's never going to put up with that, though. He wants power like everybody in D.C. wants power, and he's the chair of the committee. If you go to him as Nancy Pelosi... And I'm tempted to do a Nancy Pelosi imitation here right now, but I think I'll pass. Um, if you go to him and say, listen, uh, <laughs> yeah, you were so good? out front on the Russian collusion uh, hoax that is now a laughing stock. Uh, we need somebody else to be the face of this. There you go. He'll, he'll say, no, I'm not shutting up. Yeah, that's interesting. I heard stuff. Amy Klobuchar talking this morning. Man. <laughs> All right. All right. More on her later. <laughs> What's coming up in your news, It's not Marshall? even Halloween yet. <laughs> well, the White House is scrambling to deal with the ongoing Ukraine crisis as right. Democrats meet to talk impeachments. Yeah. This could have happened fast. Yep. We could be full into impeachment mode next week. Go ahead. I've got 27 words you should never use to describe yourself, which is a good list. Wow, 27. Um, also, somebody brought in mystery. I'm studly. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, that's yeah. I'm so studly. Uh, yeah. Uh, somebody brought in mystery Oreos. Are you familiar with this? No. Oreos have put out a, uh, a flavor called mystery. And you're supposed to eat them and uh, and and figure out what the flavor is. It's like the Harry Potter many flavored beans or whatever they're Something called. Like that. Yeah, yeah. We got them out there in the lunchroom if you want some. <sighs> I've been really disciplined on my eating lately, so I don't want to pull my finger out of the dam because whenever I do that, I just go off the rails. Yeah, I'll eat 15 donuts today if I do that. You're either on or you're off. Absolutely. You know, we had that big party I mentioned over the weekend at, at our place, and we had a bunch of those King's Hawaiian rolls left oh, over. Oh, those are great. They're fabulous and delicious. But I'm we're both you and I are low carbonate. So I brought in a package and a half. I'll I, eat the entire thing. I put them in. Well, somebody did, apparently. Oh, I wow. brought in a package and a half to the lunchroom. The full package is gone. Somebody Already? just snatched it up wow. like, they're, like they're grocery shopping. <laughs> I was going to do that after the show. <laughs> oh. Well, go get well, the getting's good because there's half a package left. But I think it is interesting that somebody said, yoink, this whole thing's for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. That's yeah. not cool. I'm I'm taking three. I'm feeling kind of right. guilty. Well, you warm them up and put a little butter on them. Oh, Those are really good. Oh, come on. Got New- just a little bit of pineapple taste here. <laughs> <laughs> News now with Marshall Phillips. Now, President Trump is addressing the U.N. General Assembly. So far, very subdued, Trump. He yes, is- but interesting, Marshall. You're so shallow. Everybody's focusing on the tone and the teleprompter. He's up there giving it a giving a spirited defense of nationalism, of national identity, as opposed to multinational globalism. EU globalism yes. stuff. I hate it's the UN. Got, it's got the fingerprints of Steve Bannon all over it. I hate the UN. I think it gets way more attention than it should. I think if the UN were in Phoenix, it'd get twenty five percent of the attention it gets because it's in freaking New York. 
and all the medias in New York. They talk about it endlessly. Tell me the... I want you to listen. I'll give you all the time you need. List all the major things with lasting consequences that have come out of these UN weeks. I'll give you plenty of time. Oh, these... these The actual week? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the anticipated speeches and the discussions. It's all a bunch of crap. You get that uh, that angry Swedish girl yelling at us. That that was cool. One time that I can remember... Powell, when he he held up the vials and convinced the whole world to go to war with Iraq. See, that was great. One time. All of a sudden, it's crap. It's just crap. With Uh, your empty words. Oh, whatever. This might be before your time, but do you not remember Nikita Khrushchev banging his shoes? Well, wait a minute. 1956 doesn't count. Why not? So so you've come up with two in 90 years, and that's why I have to hear about the U.S. right off the cuff. You have stolen my dreams. One of them was an epic (laughs) F-up. <laughs> Yikes! I, I like the how dare you. That's my favorite. This is not, not a you. story. This is how not dare a story. You. Meanwhile, some of President Trump's hey, closest... quit overacting. Signed, actors doing Hamlet soliloquy. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? You've stolen my childhood. Ah, right. Meanwhile, some of President Trump's closest advisors are discussing whether to go ahead and release the transcript of the call the president had with the president of Ukraine that is the subject of a whistleblower complaint. This is a tough one. You can't be releasing phone calls when foreign leaders call the president and think they're on a private conversation to the extent that it is private because you have people on both sides (laughs) listening in anyway. But um, you, you can't find out as a foreign leader oh so if there's a political dust up then my phone call gets released yeah commentators what i said is none of your business uh, commentators on all sides of this are admitting that yeah that would be a hell of a precedent to set um and there there's a difference of opinion actually it's probably the discussion going on in the white house look we could clear our guy and end this just release it or you say you know uh, you got to investigate corruption. I don't care if it's a Russian oligarch or Joe Biden. Investigate. <laughs> and then they move on to other topics. I mean, that would end this well, well, what if, uh, for most people. But there's also the, the body of thought that they're intentionally holding it back because they're trying to provoke impeachment. What if it's like the Wall Street Journal described it as? What if eight times he brings up investigating Biden? Eight times? Is yeah. that what they're saying now? Yeah. If eight times he brings up investigating Biden, and in the same conversation you're talking about all the money you're going to get, is it would 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 reasonable people think I know what's going on here? It's entirely possible. It would move the needle, as they say. Hmm. House Democrats expected to hold a late afternoon members only meeting on impeachment. They're all going to wear members only jackets. <laughs> That's uh, exciting. I love a theme party. <laughs> I really do. 144 House Democrats now support starting impeachment proceedings. That is 61% of the Democratic caucus. That's how our uh, talk radio career began, wasn't it? Impeachment? The, uh, and that's Clinton how it went. Yeah. And that's how it went. <laughs> that's fine. Ashes to ashes. Exactly. It's got a symmetry to it. You know, this has got a little of the feeling. I talked about this. There's a book out yeah. about Andrew Johnson. There's only been... Two impeachments in our nation's history, Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton. Um, and the Andrew Johnson one was similar to what might be going on here. There was a there was a big chunk of the population 
and a lot of Congress that just didn't like Andrew Johnson. They just couldn't come up with an impeachable offense. For good reason, yeah. So they threw a bunch of crap at it and voted for impeachment, and he didn't get convicted because there was no real impeachable offense there. They just, they just didn't like him. They just <laughs> really, really wanted to. And that could happen here. Yeah. The, the exact yeah. sort of thing. We just need something so bad because we just hate him, and so many of our constituents hate him. We're going to impeach him, and then it won't make it through the House. He'll stay in or through the Senate, and he'll stay in office. And then I don't know what you've accomplished at that point. If if, if it's a fairly clear quid pro quo, this thing will go to the finish line, and it will be a contest. How about an implied? I don't. It's definitely according no. to the Wall Street Journal. There's no and and the president. There's no quid pro quo. There's no definitive statement of investigate Biden or you don't get the money. Right. But it's the same conversation and perhaps anybody that's at least semi-street smart yeah. figured out what was going on there. Yeah, it's well, a shame if something happened to all that aid money. <laughs> right, that sort of thing. <laughs> For that, you would not only need the transcript, you would need the tape. Because the house would tone demand of voice is, any, is everything. I love you. I love you. You're right, Please. tone of voice uh, is everything. Completely different. All right, we could have some great news for the follically challenge coming down the pike. New technology is reversing hair loss in rodents. University of Wisconsin engineers have invented a device that uses painless electric pulses to stimulate the skin. Now, I'm thinking about this, and haven't over the years there been a number of oh, yeah. these devices oh, yeah. oh, that yeah. you strap to your head? All and... right. There's been so many uh, baldness cures over centuries. Yep. Probably over thousands of years. Well, the low-frequency application supposedly kickstarts the follicle back into growth mode and is powered by user movement. Well, at least you'd be <laughs> at least you'd be attacking the portion of your body where you want the hair to grow. Anything that's a pill or anything, I always wonder how you don't end up with hair growing on your tongue or the palms of your hands, your eyeballs, or places you don't want it. You end up looking like a damn ape. There you go. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. You know, I was uh, cleaning the bathroom the other day in anticipation of our big party, and I thought, you know, I shed every bit as much as Baxter does. You what? (laughs) My dog, I shed. Okay. Every bit as much. Shed. Oh, shed. 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 Well, I was in the bathroom and I shed. Frankly. I'm just trying to follow your conversation. <laughs> he, yes. he does it in the yard. Yes, I remember my roommate yeah. in college when I uh, began going bald, mm. uh, who said it every morning it looks like there's a cat sleeping in the drain. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't have that going. I just, you know, <laughs> I gripe about Baxi Boy and, and his fur being everywhere. Well, I'm, I'm no treat. Mm. You know, uh, could you trade, uh, like, arm and leg and the rest of it hair for thick, lustrous hair on your head? Life isn't like that, Jack. You get what you get. You play the hand you're dealt. They don't no do... one will hold them. No I think, one will hold them. I think uh, Joe Biden has hair plugs, I believe. Yes. Um, uh, do they, does it, where do they take the hair? I mean, can they take it from your lower back or wherever you're hairy and put it on your head? Do they do that? Or? I don't know. I have no idea. Hmm. That's gross. Nobody wants Why to hear Why is that this. gross? I'm sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> Why is that? you. <laughs> Boy, that... Uh, Norwegian 12-year-old sure is lecturing us a lot today. <laughs> what would you like for dinner, honey, uh, tonight? Pizza! I must have a pizza! Well, she comes from generations of actors, and boy, you can tell. What's the... I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school. Agreed. Yes. What's the <laughs> you stole my childhood part that she says regularly? That's the part I like. That's the really dramatic stuff. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And sold them on eBay? 
Uh, the uh, You've watched too much Downton Abbey or whatever that show is called. It, it's interesting. I'm looking at this uh, semi-bio of her mother, the uh, opera singer, I guess. Um, children now lecture the U.N., so the pointless U.N. now has children. It might as well. What difference does it make? You might as well this the, the ape smoking cigars for what the U.N. does. <laughs> so in an interview with Plant Based News... I still get it delivered to my house. Some people go to the website. <laughs> Greta, that's uh, Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old climate activist uh, little girl, talked about how she went about convincing her parents to become a vegan for the sake of the planet. See mm-hmm. if this sounds familiar. She said it was hard to convince them to change their diets at first because, quote, they were like, don't worry, someone will invent something in the future. People have this under control. But she said... But the more I read about this, the more I realized we don't have this under control. So then I started to become worried, and I talked to my parents about it. I kept showing them articles and graphs, and they were like everyone else. They always had excuses. Finally, Greta revealed how she convinced them to make a change, and I quote, But then I made them feel so guilty. I kept telling them they were stealing our future, and they cannot stand up for human rights while living that lifestyle. So then they decided to make those changes. My dad is vegan. My mom, she tries. She's 90% vegan. So at what point are you are you uh, ruining your kid's life, or it's certainly their childhood, by letting them go on like this? I would, I would tell my kids, even if you're 100%, anybody listening, if you're 100% on board with climate change, I don't want my kids walking around in tears talking about how their childhood is ruined. Look around you. Your childhood is fine. You're going to have a fine childhood. We can work on this for the future, or I'll help you out. But mm-hmm. your, your childhood is fine. You're going to have a fine, you're going to have friends, you're going to ride a bike, you're going to do all the fun stuff you get to do. Yeah. I would say, given how bright and articulate she is, I don't really have a problem with her being... Um, speaking in front of the UN and that sort of thing. I mean, she's very sharp, and I think about uh, oh, Malala. What's her Malala, last name? Yeah. The great uh, Pakistani activist who the Taliban tried to kill, and the rest of it, um, advocating for girls' education. She's just brilliant, and and I love her. So I don't mind her doing it. But you're right. The whole, uh, you know, baking in terror. An existential threat. Oh my God. It was such, it was so funny. Tucker Carlson, we should have gotten it with all the Democratic candidates using the term existential threat about climate change. Do you understand what that term means? It's like when you're saying, I'm literally starving when you're not <laughs> starving literally. Anyway, uh, it's, it's the whole baking in the terror. In that little girl and kids like it that that we're there are going to be massive fires that burn down every city on earth. We're all going to die in fires. I mean, that sort of fear. That's not healthy. Maybe this is a good final comment for the segment. Good text. Don't worry, kids. Your lives will be so miserable with the debt we saddle you with. That the weather will be the least of your problems. That's true. Now that's a positive thought. That's going to hit you a lot faster. So worry about that. Right. Your taxes will be so high, the uh, shrinking economy won't even get your attention. Awesome. Good stuff. Armstrong and Getty. Oh, we got this text about the uh, the girl going to the UN and lecturing us about climate change. Last time we listened to a kid with made up facts about pollution, we lost our plastic straws. That's true. Yeah, there's the, that. The 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 child with the made up 
data on straws. We were chatting during the break, and we, we both agree. I've seen pictures of her videos where she is consumed with anger and fear, and I feel very bad about that. Yeah. She's, I mean, she's a young kid. She's, you know, on the autism spectrum and the rest of it. And there are a lot of people who are feeding the fire of that anger and fear. Um, and even if you believe everything she believes, you can approach it in a calm and practical manner. Or do the best you can every day and then go back to your regular life. Not just spend all your time miserable and worrying. Right, not be consumed by it. And I feel bad about that part. I, I know a guy who uh, is consumed with the whole global warming thing. It's all he ever talks about. And he's just, I just I just don't feel like anybody cares. And just, You're going to spend your whole life incredibly miserable? I don't know. Your choice. Seems like you could be an activist for it and be happy sometimes or talk about something else sometimes. For sure. Yeah, carve out one little part of it and work at it. That's the way things get done. Um, so it's become a bit of a narrative in the last couple of days on the Democratic side of the aisle that our party is an embarrassment. What are we doing here? Agreed. Are we going to st- <laughs> Are we going to stand up to Trump or not? They're actually calling out leadership in the House is unpatriotic on MSNBC yesterday. All you care about is winning elections and not about the country. Which is oh, kind of well, if we win the election, we get to run the country, would be Nancy Pelosi's response. AOC actually said over the weekend, it's a bigger scandal that Democratic Democrats in the House are not going to impeach the president than what the president did. Speaking of That's angry a children, scandal. please. So uh, the late night hosts took a swing at this, and joke wise, we're, we're looking at a late night joke off. Oh, here. I'll grade each joke. Low uh, grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. Trump's call with Ukraine could really put his presidency in danger, though. Today, Nancy Pelosi said another five or six hundred major violations that we might think about impeachment. Oh. <laughs> The bottom line is it would appear that the president of the United States used his office to ask a foreign country to dig up dirt on an opponent. And Democrats in Congress are now thinking very seriously about threatening to maybe consider almost doing something about it. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi today called for the director of national intelligence to release the whistleblower report made against President Trump. And if they don't, she's going to she well, she's going to politely ask again. Wow, so that, see, the, the comedy is Oof. irrelevant there. It's th- that narrative is what's going to drive impeachment. It's a good thing the comedy's irrelevant because there wasn't much there. <laughs> but whether, whether you know, it's serious political people like uh, Chris Matthews was on MSNBC saying, Congress, if Congress doesn't uh, get this whistleblower complaint, they're completely irrelevant. Um, uh, they can't get his taxes. They can't do anything. Is there anything they can do? Mm-hmm. They have no power. They have no will. I mean, so between the, 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 the comedians joking about how weak and ineffective she is, because they're really talking about Nancy here. Yes. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and serious people talking about it. She's going to feel some pressure there. Right, right. The politics of it are interesting. The facts are interesting, too, though. Part of the the Democrats are feckless. They don't do anything narrative is. You sounded like that girl there for a second. You've stolen my childhood. How dare you? How dare you? I need to mix in her accent, though, if I'm going to do that. I need a golden ticket, Daddy. Oh, boy. How dare you? The Veruca Salt uh, comparison has been made. Um, But the fact of it is they're thinking of the Russian collusion thing, and he's an agent and a saboteur and the blah, blah, blah. But all that stuff turned out to be fake. So if you concentrate on the real stuff, the provable stuff, but again, the the narrative matters in politics. The facts are, are just trivia. 
Wall Street Journal's out today with an op-ed. Trump needs to release the transcript of the call because it's going to come out anyway. Probably true that it's going to come out anyway. Doesn't mean you have to release it, though. Uh, 27 words you should never use to describe yourself. 27? That's way too many. Yeah. I'll go through them. got to be BuzzFeed. Their listicles are way too long. Uh, It makes you look bad, whether it's a resume or to a boss or to a whatever. Um, Motivated. Creative. Um, innovative. Those are the three things I've I've claimed every resume in my life. You're supposed to show examples of these things, mm. demonstrate it, and let other people say that about you, but not ever claim you're innovative or Talk driven or exactly. Show me. It's like you can't nickname yourself Ace. I tried to show, nickname myself. I'll always remember. I tried to nickname myself as a kid. I told my dad I wanted to be called. See, you kind of. You gotta, you gotta earn these nicknames. Mm. People, other, other people. You don't, you don't usually pick your own nickname. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it really stuck with me. Yeah, and yeah. I wanted to be called Gunner. Well, <laughs> I wanted you, my nickname to be Gunner. You remember how I got the? Uh, <laughs> you remember how I got the nickname Rocket? I'm there at a store. It was a meat store. Not that that matters to the story. I'm there with Craig, the healthcare guru. And there's three really attractive young women behind the counter, ages 18 to 25. I mean, knockouts, all three of them. Uh, he said, yeah, that's all I need. Uh, my friend Joe needs some stuff, too. Well, his name's Joe, but he goes by Rocket mm-hmm. with a complete straight face. And they all look at me. I'm like, oh, dude, that was really well played. <laughs> I have no comeback. Rocket. I'm just going to be. I'm just going to stand here and be the guy who calls himself Rocket. Go ahead, tell him the story about how you get called Rocket. I'd like some bacon.